You're now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and fan-sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. Another week the Bears didn't make any stupid moves to totally ruin our moods, especially for those of us that cover this team. All right, we're going to keep the introductions short and sweet today, but welcome into the Barely Hibernating Podcast. You guys know me. I'm Usaid Koshal, your host. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Usaid Koshal. Follow my guy AJ on Twitter at AJDesai4. He's probably ranting about the Bears as well on Twitter because that's what AJ and I do a million times. All right, uh, we obviously guys know we're sponsored by Blue Water hustle or that's the network we're a part of go check out audacia sports guys we just launched a partnership with them get cool stickers for your phone cases your laptop all right check them out on twitter at audacia sports we got a great guest in the house today someone who i got to meet for the very first time on a super rainy day during bears training camp in 2019 my guy rob schmitz is in the house you can follow him on twitter at robert k schmitz rob what's going on thanks for being on here of course, happy to be here. It's a fun time to be a Bears fan because I mean, it, there's never not a fun time. I guess that's that's my usual opener, and I I'm trying to figure out a neat way to walk that back because this is look, this is a time of deep rage. The more that I think about it, where it's like, hey, the best optimism can find a way to smile. I know I always try to because without optimism, I deal with apathy but as i know a whole lot of chicago sports fans look between the cubs the white Sox, the blackhawks have been great so i guess it's not their issue but there's been a lot of rage in chicago sports and with the recent uh, like pace and naggy pressers with free agencies let's say lack of doing much there's the rage has not subsided from where things were after the playoff game though maybe just maybe they can turn it around to the draft and i'm excited to talk about you know what they could do what they could do and it's really interesting because i mean i went into the offseason i'm like you have limited resources limited draft capital pretty much just limited everything and then all of a sudden it's just like for the bears you know they go out they sign andy dalton but you ultimately look at it rob i mean let's go ahead and get into it right here but just like what have your general impressions of the offseason been well you know I heard a lot of people hype themselves up for the Bears finding an answer. And sure, I enjoyed the Russell Wilson roller coaster while it was going on. We all knew that it was very unlikely, let's be honest. I have had a better impression of the offseason than others, but that's because I recognize that the fact that the Bears had like $1 to $2 to rub together going into this offseason. And I got the impression a lot of people were looking at guys like Kenny Galladay. They were looking at players like, oh man, I mean, plenty of corners, corners cornerbacks. Bears fans were looking all over at potential upgrades that just weren't realistic. And so when the Bears didn't do much, I guess I wasn't surprised. In fact, I'm not surprised that they basically have cobbled together. They traded Barcavius Mingo for Jeremy Atacho. They traded, uh, or what is it, Brent Urban for Blackwell, the new defensive end. Like The team actually kind of looks the same. And depending on what you think of Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, you could even say that the quarterback got a little bit better. It went from maybe, you know, 34th to like 27th best. But so it's still not good, but it's uh, that that's where you get back to this. And it's like, okay, so we just went eight and eight in the regular season. We were eight and nine. If you count the playoffs and we played the Jaguars, the giants, the lions twice, they were terrible. The, uh, the Houston Texans, we played at least one more really bad team. I think I may, I may be counting Minnesota because they always have just a dismal performance. And this next season, we don't get that same luxury. We get the lions twice. And outside of that, it's very, very tough schedule, including in this case, the giants and the Bengals who just spent big in free agency and are probably going to do the same in the draft. So we'll see. If you want doom and gloom, there is plenty of it. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with the roster. I am actually curious, Usain and AJ, what you guys think. It wouldn't surprise me if this team after the draft could smack the snot out of last year's team. But I don't think that'll make a big difference on the win-loss record unless things get really, really crazy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, we got our guy Sam Stevenson in the house now, too. You can follow him on Twitter at SJSteve9. So the whole crew is here. But, Rob, going back to your question, like, I think you could argue in certain ways that, like, the Bears actually got worse this offseason because, yeah, you bring back Allen Robinson, but you still have a lot of questions. And then the biggest move for me, the most confusing move, was the defensive side of the ball where it's just like, why keep – Akeem Hicks over Kyle Fuller, especially in such a pass happy league. Um, our guy Austin, you can follow him on Twitter at Uncle Mike21 says the legend of Rob Schmidt's in the house. Wow. Yeah, Rob's all over uh, you know, social media. Check out his YouTube channel as well, guys. He does some great film breakdowns. All right. I used to watch them during lunch, all right. At least when I was able to get out of the house, not be stuck inside the house. Oh, yeah. But but Sam, you know, what are your thoughts on the Bears offseason? Well, first of all, Rob, how are you doing? Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit late. Doing well. No worries, man. You got lax practice. That's what I used to do in high school. It's oh, yeah. important. Oh, it's very important. Um, well, you know, it's funny. You said brings up uh, keeping Akeem and, and you know, the Bears. Yeah. Nothing to cut Kyle Fuller. My biggest question is why is Jimmy Graham still on this roster? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I would look you guys dead in the eyes and I would tell you, like, this is the only thing that I can think of. There's two options. Neither of them are great. So just ride with me. I don't know why the Seattle Seahawks haven't restructured Russell Wilson's contract. I don't know why they didn't do it. Very similar story with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It gives the impression that these teams want to move on from their quarterbacks in the future at some point. I doubt the Packers are looking to deal Rodgers this offseason. And honestly, it's very unlikely the Seahawks deal Russ this year, but... They may be setting up for next year. Either way, I told myself for a while, Jimmy Graham must be on the roster because Russell Wilson likes him. There's no there's no way the Bears would keep him for $7 million, right? But then again, this, we are the team that signed him for like tw- or $10 million on a year over average. So maybe they just think he's worth it, which, look, I think that's ridiculous. I don't agree with that at all. But that's the decision they made once. Why wouldn't they make it again? And Usaid, you talked about Akeem Hicks over Kyle Fuller. I wouldn't be surprised if Akeem is either ready to get traded or he's just somebody to keep on the roster because why not at this point? Because obviously they don't want to gut the team because that would probably cost Pace and Nagy their jobs. This is that weird situation that George McCaskey put himself in where a GM can't fully rebuild this roster or he gets fired. But he also can't really invest too much in the roster because he doesn't have any money to work with. Why they got rid of Kyle Fuller? It wouldn't surprise me if that was just Fuller forcing his way out. You want a good reason of why not to use the transition tag? That was it. The Bears weren't going to pay him $20 million. If you look around the league, almost no quarterback's getting $20 million. And as much as I love Fuller, do you think he is a top, let's go top five corner in the league? Because top or because $20 million says absolutely no question. And I think he's somewhere in that 10th to 15th region, but I know I can be hard on him. Some would put him in that like 10th to 5th region and that's okay. Point is he's a cornerback one and he was going to get paid like a cornerback zero. So the fact that he didn't want an extension with the Bears or at least wanted better money, it didn't end up shocking me. He signs with Denver for, what is it, eight and a half? And I shrug my shoulders and I say, he forced his way out. Good on him. This is why you don't use the transition tag. I'm not even trying to sit here and make excuses because you're right, you said The defense got worse. And I hope that the draft will see it get a little better. Eddie Jackson will find a much or a more homey position in that center field. Or it's not center fielder. It's the cover two safety role that he loved so much back when he played with Vic Fangio. But that implies that we have a second safety on the roster. And unless you think that's Deion Bush, they got to find one of those guys either in the draft or in like the fourth wave of free agency. And hey, there are guys like Trey Boss out there that are very good cover two safeties so you could get him for cheap but you got to actually make the signing before i can credit them Mm -hmm. so we'll see but (laughs) yeah it's it's been a frustrating offseason one where it almost looks like the bears are accidentally rebuilding even in like trying to win just without doing too much you said you opened up the show with saying it's gone another week with the bears not doing anything to make us mad and i feel like that's been the story of the offseason has been a lot less of the like hair pulling out moves and a lot more of well they just didn't do anything like that meme, you know, where you poke it with the stick and you're like, come on, do something. Like they they signed Andy Dalton, which is an almost objective upgrade. Like going, I like to describe it on Madden, going from a 74 to a 77. 
Is it an upgrade? <laughs> Technically, <know>. yes, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> not one that's going to make you feel good because you hear the word upgrade, you think he's good, and I'm like, oh, he's he's bad, but you know, he's not like. Ah, good question. But then on the defensive side of the ball, now we have two cornerbacks that get injured all the time. So that's fun. We have we need some drafted stuff in a wide receiver position. We need some offensive line help at the moment. We are starting Jermaine Afedi again. Good luck with that. But we can get into that as we talk more about the draft. And hopefully my cat lays off. <laughs> That was the I mean, smoothest I'm, transition between like you were continuing to talk as your cat was in the background and you just casually that was very well done. I just have to yeah. bring that up. That was a nice little like just very calmly and just away. Thank yes. you. I, I, on that. Like, that, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like I was about <laughs> to say your cat was like walking on the table. Um, so he's got but, a tree off screen right here. And uh, so I got him. used to it a while ago because he was a kitten, not what six to eight months ago. So I've mm-hmm. gotten used to like I was looking at myself, checking up as I was talking about this. I was like, oh, Cosmo's behind me. Let me just grab him real fast, <laughs> keep my mic your mouth towards the mic. You get used to this when you do it enough. No, I love the name too, Cosmo. That's a that's a brilliant name. I love that. Let's talk NFL draft. I mean, who are mm-hmm. some of your favorite guys in this draft? Because I know it's one of the more loaded drafts that we've seen in recent years, just outside of the quarterback position. Let me underscore it with the number one thing I think is important offensive players. So if it's me controlling the draft, I have recently come to a theory and look, I'm not, I would not describe myself as a draft Nick. Uh, I source a lot of my draft opinion from the people who actually go through and watch a ton of college film. People like to talk about quarterbacks. So I guess the quarterbacks are the ones that I've watched the most, but I can talk about draft theory plenty. This is one of those times. If you really think about it, most first round defensive draft picks are more win now than you think. Obviously, you're not going to think of a defensive draft pick as, oh, they're trying to win now. But how often do you really draft Jamal Adams to be the safety of the future? And then he remains the safety of the future. How often does Minka Fitzpatrick, for instance, stay on your defense over time when you're trying to win now? Usually, looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looking at the New Orleans Saints, looking at a lot of the teams that have been to the Super Bowl recently, you get your offense in place first things first. And you use a lot of big names because obviously offense is driven by who is your top end talent and what can they do for the bears? It's Allen Robinson, probably David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, because that's where the chain is at. You can include Darnell Mooney as soon as we get a functional quarterback. Um, With the Packers, it's obviously Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and some would say Aaron Jones. Others would say the offensive line. Pick your poison. I think the Chiefs are the best example. Most people know it's three names. It's Tyreek Hill. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. But on defense, defense is the weakest link game. We saw it last year. Just because you have Khalil Mack does not mean you have a defense. Because if you've got Buster Screen on the field, that unfortunately means that if Travis Gibson is covering his assignment and Eddie Jackson is blanketing his man, Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, all over their guys, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan executing their assignments, you lose anyways because Buster Screen got beat. And it just doesn't matter. And in that setting, when I look at the Bears right now, what will frustrate me the most is if they address corner in the first round. It's not an objectively bad pick, and it's a need that the Bears have, so they would have their corners of the future. But I don't know if the future is all that soon. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a plan, it seems to be, at quarterback, because I'm not buying Davis Mills or Kellen Mond as the future answer. Do not get me started on that. So if that's the case, if if that's what we're dealing with here, almost like a uh, almost like a mortgage year where we've just got to come back in 2022 and reset at the quarterback situation, anyways, then my goodness, draft an offensive lineman, draft a wide receiver. Ideally, that's the order I'd like them in. I'd love to get Christian Derisaw, Samuel Cosme. I'd love to get, oh man, there, there's the third guy. Tevin Jenkins has just rocketed up boards, and I hear about him all the time. Or you could take plenty of other guys like Rashad Bateman or the other wide receivers in that range. Rondale Moore out of Purdue would be an 
awesome talent. I don't know if I'd take him at 20, but he's definitely somebody that fits what the Bears need because I don't know if they need an outside receivers considering that they've got Mooney and Robinson who everybody likes to think of outside receivers as they have to be big. No, they just they need to use the sideline well and Mooney does a great job of that whereas your slot guy needs to be a little more quick twitch. Rondell Moore fits really well with what the Bears might want to do and then in the second round they could grab a Mayfield type or a what is his name? Leon Eichenberg. I've heard a lot about to take that right tackle slot out of the second round. I think personally that if the bears invest those first two picks in offense, pace could do just about whatever he wants in the rest of the draft. And I will find a way to deal with it because at least we won't be trying to truly win now with the 2021 roster and risk yet another season of a bottom 24 offense. Because in this league, if we, I think we can all agree, we saw this last year. If you can't score 17 points against the Seattle Seahawks, if you can't score 20 consistent points against the Green Bay Packers, just turn the game off because you're not winning. You're right, dude. Like uh, be- uh, before, Sammy, you said go. I mean, like you hit all of it on the nail, man. But that's what I'm looking for when I look at, look at this team. It's just like you know, from twenty from 2019, you know, like from 2018. I really thought that, like this team was actually going to make some moves and actually go out. And actually, like, all right, let's go for a win now thing, you know? Like, similar to what Denver Broncos did. They got their asses kicked 43-8 to eight in the Super Bowl. What happened two years later? They won the Super Bowl with one of the best defenses in the league. That's crazy, right? Yep. And, then, like, I just didn't – I like, I don't know, know why the Bears didn't borrow money for the future just to go out and go – like, you guys have – you have Khalil Mack. You guys – you have Bo Jackson, right? You could go out and you can get a better safety than um, – to Sean Gibson, definitely you could, right? You you definitely could get a better pass rusher that could go wrong with um Khalil Mack in 2019, but they went with Robert fucking Quinn, all right? Like, to me, like, this team was just, like, they didn't do anything after 2018, which was mind-boggling to me because they had the money to do so, right? And then they waited too long, and me and Houston talk about this all the time. The Bears make a move a year early, or they make a or they make a move a year late all the time. They never make a move in between because in between is what the fans want to see. And we've never saw that. Right. And the last thing I want to say before I uh, toss it off of them, it's just like everything that you said was right. I think that like, you know, if the bears went out and they got a guy like Rochelle Bateman in the first, in the first round at 20 and then turn around and got Liam Eichenberg in the second round, I'd be happy with that. But if you're trying to like actually move up and get Justin Fields and that plan goes South, you have to fire Ryan Pace next year. Like you have to reset. Like, sure, it, you're you're losing three first round picks right for the future. The new GM is not going to have two first round picks for the future to use. Right, he's going to have his first uh, first round pick, I think. So 2022, 2023, 2024 to use. Right. So yeah. at that point, if Justin Fields does not work out, and our, and if Andy Dalton like tears his ACL, and Justin Fields is like Johnny Menzel hypes, oh my god, dude, that would just be the biggest nightmare as a Bears fan, dude. Like I love Justin oh, yeah. Fields. I am not sold, like, and this just goes back to the history of um of Ohio State quarterbacks. Can they last in this league? So it's funny you say that because of all the positions to get me going on, like quarterback and namely fields, because right now I don't know how you guys feel about it. I feel like this recent slide we're seeing with Justin Fields, I'm talking from he only made seven second or second read throws in his whole season all the way to, oh, he's the last guy in and the first guy out. Like all this stuff feels really manufactured. And I don't know whether that's coming from an NFL team or it's just coming from, let's just say, an issue in America's roots uh, and call it at that. But either way, you better believe that if there is an artificial drop on Fields' value, I would love the Bears to capitalize on that. I just don't want them to make the trade before they know they're going to get it. So if they're going to trade up to seven for Fields, wait till he's Mm -hmm. there. And if he's not, move on. Because I am planning for the Bears to pick at 20. But if they could give up, let's say, this year's first, next year's first, and I don't know, like a third or less – that's just not that heavy a price to pay for your franchise quarterback. Because I hear what you're saying, AJ, and any other Bears fans out there that would feel this way. Oh, we just did this with Trubisky, right? Oh, well, what do you do? Like, how do you recover if a quarterback busts? The answer is it's never pretty. Take a look at yeah. the Giants. 
take a look at any other quarterback like Josh Freeman, Christian Ponder, any of the other quarterbacks that you see that are taken in the first round that don't work out, even the football team with Dwayne Haskins, it always takes a couple of years to get yourself sorted because you got the quarterback, you tried to build around him. Now you have a sinking ship. That's just not that bad. To, it's not a bad enough team to be bad. Like how the football team made the playoffs, even if it wasn't a weak division, the bears did too. Uh, or you, but it's not that good either. So you're just stuck in that weird middle. If the bears had the opportunity to trade up for Lance or fields, not Jones. Personally, I don't think Jones is worth trading up for due to his limitations. That's just my opinion because you're putting a lot of pressure on him. Let's say for instance, uh, San Francisco takes Jones. They basically have to get Brady out of him who has been in the league for obviously about his, what feels like his entire life. So he's got crazy experience. People don't remember quite what it was like to watch Brady in his true younger years. Not that he struggled, not that he was bad by any means, but he wasn't the Tom Brady we know today. Um, and people would be asking that out of Mac Jones. I mean, year two at the absolute latest, because he's got to show something. I would rather trust the more athletic profile, the guy who's brimming with talent. And Lance, you know the story, right? Freshman year or, or freshman season went about as well as you could ask. One sophomore year game that was iffy, had some good moments, had some bad moments. So he is truly the lottery pick. You just don't know what you're going to get, but maybe, maybe you've got a winning ticket with fields. I think it's more proven. I think a lot of the things that detract from him, AJ, you picked on my favorite one have nothing to do with him. It's not really his fault that Cardale Jones and Braxton Miller did not succeed in the NFL, but he wears their Jersey. I thought thought Kevin Wilson, I thought Kevin Wilson and Ryan Wilson, not what the hell am I saying? Ryan day did a really good job with Justin Fields that better than urban mayor did a good job. Did did a, did I would right. think an adequate job with um Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, and Dwayne Haskins because of uh, like I, I think that was his last quarterback that he worked with Urban Meyer and then he got fired because well he got released because of all the stuff that went on at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So I mean like I mean I'm inclined to try Ryan Day's um especially because, like, I love Kevin Wilson. He was the head coach at IU. I went to IU. He had this tremendous run game with Tevin Coleman with, and Jordan Howard, the two punch backs. And that's all we did with Nate Sudfield. Um, and we won in Simi Cobb's junior. That's, that was our offense when I was there for my freshman and sophomore year. But, like, so and then he went good there. Offense. Yeah. And then he went there uh, and he worked with guys like J.K. Dobbins, Master Teague and stuff. And then he called a couple of plays because Ryan Day got COVID. So, I mean, and he did pretty well that Northwestern game. I think that's the game that he called plays. And then the Indiana game is that they, they called plays. I can't remember correctly. But, you know, I mean, I'm inclined to give him a shot. But, like, he has to, like, I think go past his progressions because you mentioned earlier his one read things and stuff. Um, I mean, I would love a wide receiver like Chris Olave on this team. Like you mentioned earlier, Rondell Moore would be a perfect fit for that. I mean, but it's either getting a studded wide receiver or a quarterback, and I'm kind of stuck there. But, like, you know, if we get one of, one of the or and get a wide receiver, get a offensive tackle in the second round, that would be something. But, like, yeah, I'll let my other guys talk here. I talk for a lot of times here. The quarterback has to come to you. Whatever it is. And the Bears aren't in position to do that, honestly. That's where Pace needs a quarterback. And the Bears, if it was me, don't have the resources to to need. They have the resources to want. So if San Francisco takes Jones, Atlanta takes Pitts, uh, or what would it be? Cincinnati takes Sewell, or some have said that they may take a different tackle. Who knows? The point is, now you're at six. You have Trey Lance and Justin Fields on the board. And so like that Holy shit. Right. Let's say then Philly takes a position player. It could be anybody. Maybe they take, in this case, they take Jamar Chase, perfectly good wide receiver, or uh, let's see, maybe Devontae Smith, Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase, one of those two. So now now you're sitting at seven, right? Chances are one of the quarterbacks goes there. Wouldn't surprise me if Detroit takes one or somebody trades up for him. But already you have taken it such that instead of taking the Bears – 2022 first and their 2023 first and maybe some more conversation or compensation there. Now you're talking 2021 first, 2022 first and like some change and two first round picks for a quarterback personal opinion, especially when you're looking at guys like Lance and fields. And I know everybody always says, are you sure we're not just getting too tied up in the recency thing? I feel like if there's any quarterback that's getting tied up in the recency thing, it's Zach Wilson. 
but the yeah. Jets seem pretty set on Zach Wilson. Yeah. So now you're looking at guys like Lance and Fields, who we've had multiple years to evaluate. I think people are going to be closer to correct on them. I don't know. Uh, it's really a question of whether or not you think it would be worth trading up for Fields or Lance versus going with no plan and hoping for a guy like Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell and that they can ultimately become more of a player than those guys. But that's the quarterback conversation. Who said I have no idea if you want to spend the time talking about quarterbacks because there's a very good chance that, it, let's say, the quarterback position plays out very differently in this draft the Bears will not end up with one. Or if they do, it'll be Davis Mills or Kellen Mond, and we can talk about those guys plenty. I mean, and I'll let Sam go in a moment here because he's been totally silent, but like, I just dropped a piece for Bear Report detailing top five quarterbacks, and I put like in the introduction, I'm like, hey, disclaimer, I'm not including mac jones or justin fields in this one because mac jones is just so overrated in my opinion and number two like i don't expect i've advocated for the bears to trade for justin fields in the past to trade up but then at the same time it's just like okay he's realistically speaking he's probably not going to be there then you're left with like trey lance who's your only first round guy and then you have kellen mond and davis mills and kyle trask and sam ellinger and Sam Ellinger, the only reason I'd even connect him to the Bears is because the Bears just hired his college head coach in Tom Herman. But Sam, go ahead and ask whatever questions you have. Well, it's so fascinating because you look at the Bears' current quarterback room with a Nick Foles, Andy Dalton situation and and your skin crawls. But let me ask you this, Rob. You know, hypothetically speaking, moving up from 20 to the top 10 is no easy task. And especially, you know, I know there's rumors coming around that Atlanta might want to trade down. And moving up 16 spots, especially after what San Francisco gave up to move up to three, it seems like a pretty daunting task. Is there a situation where potentially the Bears move up a couple spots, play the draft out, but don't draft a quarterback? So I hope not. TLDR, goodness, I hope not. At this point, the guy that I would point to, because I like using Bears-specific metaphors, because sure, while I could talk about guys like Tyler Lockett, because I'm from Texas, for those of you who don't know, went to Baylor, meaning that I watched Tyler Lockett play when I was in school. I don't know how he got to the seventh round. I mean, he was always that good. This wasn't surprising to anybody who'd watched him play. Same with Alan Lazard over in Green Bay. Very good receiver in Iowa State. And then I come to realize that all you Big Ten folk talk so badly about the Big 12 that I guess I'm not surprised that some of those receivers can get underrated there. But that's more a joke than anything else and some good old-fashioned ribbing. Point is, is that if the Bears trade up, they lose that potential Darnell Mooney late because usually it costs more picks more picks means that you get a Bilal Nichols, that you get an Adrian Amos, that you're able to get a Eddie Jackson, that you're able to get Darnell Mooney. You just never know. And Pace is so good with his fourth and fifth and not his sixth round picks, but you know, maybe one of them will turn around eventually that I would rather the Bears keep hold of what they have when it comes to their position players. And if there's a position I would sacrifice it for, it would be quarterback. And obviously you said it well, Sam, it takes two to tango. Like, yes, I would trade three first rounders for Russell Wilson. And I've not been quiet about that, but the, the, the Seahawks have to agree to that. And so far they haven't. And the bears did everything they could to let us, the public know they tried what the one team that I'm looking at. And I don't know if anybody will make it that far. I guess it's two teams. It's Carolina and it's Denver. Denver's done this weird thing this off season where they've actually made it clear. They're not, not interested in a quarterback. And I think that they would be flat out dumb not to be. So I'm not really going to sell myself on this more than I should. But the one team that might be okay taking one of these Bears fringe starters, whether it's Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, might just be Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos, who have such a good roster around them that, you know, maybe just maybe they talk themselves into going down to 20, picking up a perfectly good player and going from there. Again, is it what I would do? No, but NFL teams don't often do what we want them to do, and stupider moves have been made. If the Bears could get the right price there, that's the only situation I would go up. But outside of that, I'm just not sure. To give you an example, Sam, I'm just not sure that trading up for somebody like Patrick Sertain, the cornerback, or uh, Travis Etienne, like the Clemson running back, Caleb Farley, the cornerback, that the weird thing is that top 10 talent, I don't know, Rashad Slater, Another decent example, like is Rashad Slater and losing your third round pick worth Sam Cosme 
and a third round pick? I don't think so. Tevin Jenkins, another good example. I don't think that the downgrade in prospect quality is worth the player it costs you. Because while that player is still a lottery pick, you just never know what's going to hit in the NFL draft. And I'd rather hold on to those tickets unless it's a signal caller. They get special rules, but we know that. Well said. Interesting. I mean, I'm a, my whole thing is this. I'm of the opinion that like if you aren't going to trade up from 20 at least consider trading back because we also have to keep in mind rob like when you mentioned draft sure. capital the bears don't have a fourth round pick this year and you have a fifth okay and then you have four six and you don't have a seventh and ultimately it's like you mentioned i mean a lot of paces best players have come kind of in that fourth to fifth round where right. it's like he found eddie jackson he found Tariq cohen i think Darn it. Well, he found Travis Gibson as well. Just some recent examples. So ultimately, like you look at it for the Bears, you know, and there's always going to be a team that's trying to move up. So especially with the back half of that first round. So it's just like, hey, you know, trade back, get a couple extra picks because the Bears have a bit more needs than people want to admit to. Yes. And they need some additional depth as well. What's up, Juan? Follow our guy. Bears Fanatico 94 on Twitter. He's the president of the newly created Lounge Room Network. But honestly, for me, right, it's just like I would even consider trading back to kind of continue to fill the needs. So I'm going to sound like a cornball here, but I think where people can get a little confused when it comes to trading back, I'm very curious to hear what y'all think, is that I think you got to look around at the NFL and figure out which positions have, let's call it like exploitable value, and which positions don't. I think a great example, let's talk about big-bodied wide receivers, right? When's the last time you saw a big-bodied wide receiver be found to be like a late-round hit? I can't think of one. Julio Jones is going to go at the top of the draft. DK Metcalf slid all the way to the mid-second round. I mean, that's like the latest it gets when you find an Alshon Jeffrey because those big-bodied wide receivers are such a desired quantity that you're just not going to find them late. Where you really find gems is in the running back position because people don't take it. It's like a kicker in fantasy football where you know you can get like Justin Tucker in the seventh round, and sometimes that may be worth it because he's that good. The point is, don't take my fantasy advice. The point is, is that smaller wide receivers, especially on the lighter side, running backs, and a lot of defensive players, like defensive backs in particular, looking at safeties. Adrian Amos is a perfect example. Inside linebackers like Nick Kwiatkowski, not really interior defensive linemen because a lot of the heavier ones are the more sure things, but you'll find a lighter interior defensive lineman like Bilal Nichols, who's a very serviceable role player out of the fifth round. The point is, if I'm the Bears, Usaid, you talk about trading back, I think that there's a little bit of risk there. That's not to say it's an automatic bad decision, but it does kind of feel, don't you guys think, like there's this cloud of 19 to 22 round one players before there's a bit of a drop off. And I'm, that's not to point out that there's like a there's like a top six clear cut or like phenomenal players. The Bears probably aren't reaching into that pot. But if you trade out of tier two, and you get a tier three guy, you may miss because like we saw, what was it? Oh gosh, I've lost track of how many years ago it was, but even with Roquan Smith, I would unfortunately tell you, and I may catch you for this, I'm willing to take it, that the players taken in front of Roquan, the seven before him, were anybody, like if any of them had fallen, I would have preferred them over Roquan, which tells me what I thought at the time. It's not that I think Roquan's a bad pick. It's that the cloud was a little thinner than the Bears could afford. Aaron Donald got taken one pick in front of the Bears because he was the last player in that cloud that year. The point is, is that trading back is always a good idea. It always looks good on analytics, but what you may lose is a more sure thing player like Quentin Nelson. And in this case, I see that Tevin Jenkins, I see that Christian Darisol, uh, Sam Cosme is somebody that the Bears actually could probably trade back and maybe get. But if you don't get him, great. You traded back and now you're drafting Mayfield at like 30. And that's a reach at that point. So you you can trade back if you don't have a need like the Bears do at right tackle, given that they walked into the draft with that need wide open and they probably have the opportunity to fix it. 
I'd stick at 20 if it was me. But if they were a team that had more around the edges, like the uh, honestly, the Broncos are a decent example. I think trading back actually makes a lot of sense because while they need a quarterback, they don't need a ton else. So they can just throw bodies at the position, much like Tampa Bay, but you know, they can't trade back for much. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I just also think that what it comes down to is just like if you're going to trade back, there's always got to be another party that's like seriously willing to trade up because the dangerous thing that we also have to keep in mind with the 20th overall pick is that like the Bears are right there in terms of like you discussed value in the sense that you have guys that like a certain team may rate as a first round pick like Terrence Marshall Jr., for example, the wide receiver from LSU. But then another team might just view him as a second-round pick. And so teams will always roll the dice and be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we could trade up to 20 to get this guy. But at the same time, we might also have him graded as a second-round pick just because there's a whole bunch of other factors that go into things like grades. And so ultimately, Mm -hmm. it's just like the Bears are in such a difficult position here. But go ahead, Sam. Well, I was going to say, like, I think there's a difference in, like, you trade back on a mock draft situation because it looks nice and it's like, wow, look how I was able to get this fourth round pick and stuff. And, and yeah, like, would it, do I want the Bears to try to get back into the fourth round? Of course. You, you know, Rob brought it up perfectly. Like, the guys that Pace has been able to hit in the fourth round have been awesome. And the guys that Pace has hit in the sixth round have not been that awesome. So maybe using some of those compensatory picks, you know, that's the one positive thing that I think people sometimes forget is like, having four picks in the sixth round is better than having three or two. And there's leverage there for Pace to kind of move around. He did it last year. He got Mooney and he got Travis Gibson, who's kind of a project player, but he still got two solid guys in the fifth round. So like, that's always another thing that I think people like don't realize is like, if Ryan Pace sticks at 20, which who knows what's going to happen on draft day, right? He's got some leverage in day three to move up and try to get somebody else in the fourth, right? I think a, for a perfect example is if we don't get the guy at tackle at 20, Spencer Brown's a guy who's been getting mocked into the third and fourth rounds. Like him a lot, he would be a solid guy right there in the fourth round. But you got to get there first. And again, what I give credit to Ryan Pace is, is his evaluation of some of these day three guys, especially in the fourth and fifth rounds, is really, really nice. And having four compensatory picks to move to those positions is one positive thing that I will say the Bears have going for them. It's rare to say that, that the Bears actually have a positive this year, but those compensatory picks are going to be used as ammo to move up. I do not think Pace is going to sit with any of those, except like maybe one. Wouldn't surprise me. Another position that won't surprise me at all is if the Bears draft a running back, because that's where you can find value late. I mean, you're talking the fifth or sixth round at this point. Highest you get with the running back should be like the fourth round. But think about it, guys. I, I'm not kidding here. Pro Football Focus, say what you will about him, in 2018 had Tariq Cohen rated the second best running back in football, and that's because they value receiving grades. So while you may think that that's a little crazy, Cohen with 750 yards and 100 targets is such a valuable receiving weapon in that backfield that even if you think he might be like 10th, 12th best in his role, accounting for that ACL tear, that's real value out of the sixth round or out of the fourth round. And if Pace could find something similar, that now we're talking it also wouldn't surprise me if pace could find a defensive back or at least throw a whole bunch of bodies at the position Dion bush at the fourth round is obviously not a phenomenal return but it could get worse and you never know when you're going to find the next eddie jackson or adrian amos so he's doing pretty well when it comes to scouting safeties at least i would say i'm very interested to see what happens in those late round picks like you talked about some people act like the only picks that matter are the first and second rounders that's really not the case it won't surprise me if I had to guess if I got to pick my ideal quarterback isn't taken draft and I said isn't taken because the scary thing for me is I don't want the Bears to draft Davis Mills in the second round and use Davis Mills as a reason to not draft a quarterback next year in the first round and if you are planning on resetting the franchise why'd you spend the second round so I I don't know some forward thinking there would be awfully nice even if it involves a frank conversation between Pace and George McCaskey but I know at that point now I'm dreaming guys uh when I look at this draft I would go offensive tackle like, again, Derisaw, Jenkins, Cosme, whatever they've got best on their board. Then I'd go wide receiver. I'm looking at Amon St. Ra. I'm looking at one of those guys that slips down to that or down to that region in terms of wide receiver. I won't sh- be shocked if Kadarius Tony falls. And if he fell to that 52 pick, I think that's a great get there. Avoid him at 20, but at 52, 
now I'm thinking about it. Then in the third round, you know what? Take your quarterback. If Kellen Mond's still there, it won't surprise me if that's who the Pace and Nagy or like Pace and Nagy like. He tends to do he doesn't do things badly. So it's not like he can't run. It's not like he can't throw. I wouldn't say he's a phenomenal prospect, but you know what? You could do worse out of the third round. But a cornerback, a CB, wouldn't surprise me at all there if the Bears wanted to add depth. But then at that point, I mean, jailbreak, right? Interior defensive line, linebacker, linebacker especially. But the Bears need some help at linebacker. But they don't have a fourth-round pick, so those fifth- and sixth-round picks are going to have to do some work. But we'll see. You guys know this just as well as I do. This is Ryan Pace we're talking about. He's not going to go a draft without or moving in some way. So whether the Bears are moving back, whether they move up, this is an idea. It it could happen, but you never know. You guys hear how they're talking about shopping at Anthony Miller? You guys hear how they told Akeem uh, Hicks to go seek a trade? There's a chance that the main or that the Bears may be looking to move up, but they may not be looking to move up from 20. What would you think? Just as an example, if the Bears moved up from Anthony or from 52 to somewhere in the 45, 46 range to draft his replacement. These are the kinds of things that Pace may be considering. We know that this organization, as it's constructed, is not a patient one, but those are moves that could be on the table. And we may end up focusing too much on the top end of the draft when Darnell Mooney, Travis Gibson were both trade-ups, and the Bears may very well find their next target. No, it's actually a good thought. I, of all the times that I've done any sort of either it be a mock draft article or just reading people's mock drafts, you know, a lot of people are content with the Bears at 52. But if there's a guy there at 46, 47, and you're able to use Miller and uh, late day three pick to get up to him, I'm all for that. I mean, Ryan Pace, when he has traded up before, he has at times traded back in the second. I believe he did that with uh, Trubisky in 2017. They obviously took Shaheen at that pick, but you know, at the time they were trading back to try to get more picks. It looked like the right move because of what they gave up for Mitch. So I'm all for the aggressiveness in the second, if you're going to be content in the first. And yeah, there are a couple players. I actually wrote about this in fan cited recently who the bears could end up moving a because of cap reasons, but B if you can get a fifth round pick out of Akeem Hicks, or you can get Miller and something else for a fourth or a third, by all means load up on your 2021 picks especially if you potential is to try to move up after all of that, there's nothing wrong with getting more picks. So I, I like that mindset, especially in the second round. Like there are some good players in the second round who may, may slip and be right there for the bears. And if the bears can move up a couple spots, I'm all for that. My cloud. And again, I'm not a draft Nick is around 47 players in the second round. So like you're talking about, it does feel like if the bears could move that little, extra up from 52 and not hope that you get somebody like Seattle who doesn't have a pick in the first two rounds, if I'm remembering correctly, which means ah, there's one reach off the board. So the bears can't hope for that anymore. But at this point, we'll have to see what the bears do. I do think we tend to get too focused on the top end. I'm not shocked. I mean, everybody else, just like myself, and I'm sure like you guys, is so focused on what the Bears have at under center that we tend to get locked onto it. But it's those later parts of the draft where Pace especially likes to throw his weight around, whether it's, I got to go get that guy. I mean, one thing that a friend of mine, Brad Spielberger, you guys probably know him, works at, uh, over the, or he used to work it over the cap. Now he's at Pro Football Focus, pointed out to me is that when the Bears Bears drafted David Montgomery, Matt Nagy, in his presser, used the phrase, we just couldn't believe he fell to us. But remember, he didn't. He fell to New England, and the Bears traded up for him. So the Bears definitely see other people's picks as their own picks if the right player gets there. It's an interesting mindset. I wouldn't say it's one that's truly worked out for them, given that while Pace has a whole lot of value out of his draft picks, he also has some of the least draft picks actually selected over the last five or six years in his organization. But hey, to each their own. I wouldn't expect him to change too much in this next offseason. And hopefully it works out for him because he's the general manager of my team. It better. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, listen, we'll get you out of here now, man, because, well, we said we were going to have you on for 30 minutes, but we're going <laughs> on to 45, right? So thanks Don't again for being on. That. We'll definitely have to have you on in the summer again, man. Absolutely. Excited to be on. Absolutely, dude. We'll catch you later, dude. For sure. Talk to you guys later. Have a great one. Thanks, well, boss.
All right, so that was Robert Schmitz of Windy City Gridiron. You can follow him on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. But, guys, that was some really informative stuff. I just think that, like, moving on here, you know, from the Bears, you realize that, like, there's so much going on, right, in terms of draft is, like, 17, 18 days away, and we're at a point where it's just, like, Sam, I'll start with you, but, like, who's a sleeper for you in this draft? Um, give me, and I don't want to butcher his name. So give me one second to make sure I say it right. He's a fourth round guy. Obviously I mentioned Spencer Brown a while ago. He's an honorable mention. I would really like if the bears were able to grab him late, but give me Jalen Darden in the late rounds. If the bears don't like what they see at receiver in the first two rounds, I see Darden taking the next step to be Darmel Mooney 2.0. I've been watching a little bit of his clips. Obviously he's not a perfect wide receiver. He's a little bit smaller, but he explodes off the line. He's a good route runner. If the bears are going to move on from Miller, I like him in the fourth, um, but my other guy would be Spencer Brown. I like Brown's game a lot. The Bears are interested in him, and and you know I, he's he was a solid player over. I think believe Northern Iowa is where he went to school. I don't don't quote me on that, but those are two guys that I think the Bears can get some serious value out of in those later picks. And listen, I mean, obviously drafting offensive linemen later in the in the draft would be frustrating if we don't take one of the first. But I don't think Ryan Pace, unless he moves up to a quarterback, isn't going to take a stab at a tackle. But I'm all for the Bears drafting two offensive linemen this year, whether it's a tackle, an interior offensive lineman, and a guy like Brown in the fourth getting two tackles in the draft. I see no issues there, especially with so many concerns in the offensive line. I'm pretty sure we played with like guys we picked up from the streets when we went to go play the Titans, and I know that was a COVID issue, but whatever. But either of those guys later in those drafts, I'd be super, super happy with. See, for me, right, my and I really like Darden, too. I just think with wide receiver overall this year, people have to realize it's such a deep class. So, like, and I said this on the Picks for Pace podcast today, which I do with Bear Report. It's like if the Bears invest in wide receiver at 20, it's going to be a bit of a luxury pick. If they invest in wide receiver at 52, unless a really good player falls to them, it's still going to be a bit of a luxury pick because, like, wide receiver isn't your biggest need because you at least have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney back for 2021. What happens 2022 and beyond that is something we're not even going to talk about right now just because the Bears have made it clear they're focused on 2021. But ultimately, like for me, right, like I'm all for taking a wide receiver in like the fifth round or with one of your four sixth round picks. And my sleeper guy's actually Shai Smith, the wide receiver from South Carolina, a guy who obviously did have inconsistent quarterback play in college, but you look at, you know, it's around 5'10, 180 pounds, you know, so a bit of a smaller guy. He's going to be a slot receiver at the next level. When you look at that from the standpoint of how he fits in the Bears offense, I really think he's a player that can blow the top off defenses. So I think he'll be another dynamic playmaker that brings speed. And the Bears have showed that they value speed in a lot of their playmakers anyway, just because this Matt Nagy offense, one of the things it's predicated on is speed. And then adding to that, I think when we look at just the state of the receiver room in general, okay, Anthony Miller, really, really trash. He's been floated around in trade rumors, all right? Javon Wims should not be on this roster anymore. Going into 2022, the only two guys you have under contract are going to be Darnell Mooney and Riley Ridley, right? So you're going to have to add some wide receivers. And I think that this is the perfect draft to do it because the Bears can't afford to overly invest or invest too much into the wide receiver position, considering quarterback is still a really uncertain position. Your hair looks like mine right now, but AJ, go ahead. Yo, man, like I've been clowning over here for the last 10 minutes over here. But, yo, you said when you talked about that that kid out of Wisconsin-Whitewater, he's not really a kid. He can beat my ass any day of the week. Um, Quinn Minieras, this guy put up historical numbers in the 40 vertical board, short shuttle, and three cone. His 40 was 4.86. Like, if the Bears somehow get this guy or Dylan Radunes, that's my other sleeper guy, I would be okay. Like the like, I think you can have uh, you can get one of those guys in the second or third round. So I mean, y- you know, I, I mean, if like just like Rob said, if you have to trade up from like your third round pick to go move up in like the um the end second to get like Quinn Minieras, that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a uh, he's a fit at right tackle. I mean, I'm watching this um this uh, senior bowl tape that one on one he just completely destroyed his defensive end and just threw him onto his ground. I mean. 
man, that that's a pick. And then another guy is uh, my third guy, if I if I may, um, Kate Johnson out of South Dakota State. He's a wide receiver. Um, you know, he he recorded ninety point nine a receiving grade and racked up three point nine three yards per route uh, per perspective. He's the FBS leader in the latter metric um, before Tyler Johnson. So he's number two behind a Big Ten wide receiver, and Tyler Johnson's up there, which is um, one of the Super Super Bowl champions of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I mean, with a 3.93 route run, I think that could be perfect for us, too. I mean, like, you, you know, you can't you can't really, like, limit yourself in weapons. I think Kate Johnson can be had in, like, the, the fourth or fifth round. I mean, like, obviously, you know, like um, – the COVID, the COVID season really affected their season a lot because they didn't really play. So, I mean, you know, he could be had in the, uh, if, if Ryan Pace somehow gets a fourth round pick in this draft and he somehow gets that, K Johnson is my pick. So K Johnson, uh, Dylan Redunes, and um, the guy that I just raved about, Quinn Minieras. Um, if the Bears can get one of those guys, um, small school guys, but I still think North Dakota State is like one of those um, NCAA, FBS, D1 schools that could provide an NFL talent. But at the end of the day, they are North Dakota State. They're not really compared to like a school like Minnesota. But yeah, those three guys are really, really intriguing to me. See, I love Radunes just because Radunes is not an overly like flashy athlete, but he just, in my eyes, is very technically refined. Like I've said multiple times, he reminds me a bit of some guy by the name of Mitchell Schwartz, which Mitch yeah. Schwartz played under Matt Nagy for a couple of years in Kansas City. But what tends to happen every single year with these sleeper guys is this is I identify like a list of players that the Bears should go after, and then the Bears just don't go after them in the draft. And then those guys go on to be like pretty decent, very, very good. you know. <laughs> players which just shows that the bears should be hiring me for general manager and then obviously you know raul can be assistant gm and aj can be like director of player personnel yeah. and sam can be like director of pr or something i don't know uh, yeah the- yeah well, well, what, what i plan to do is like i don't know if they're i don't care if they're listening to this like i i believe business can be done and i think at the end of the day and the McCaskies are going to pass this franchise off to Patrick Ryan because their their three kids are inept at this point. One of them is deaf, and the other one can't even is not even football. And the other one is like in the football uh, management. I'm sorry I didn't say deaf, but like that's insulting these days. But like, hey, if I was in that position that my grandchildren were that, I would not pass on this franchise to them. All right, I would actually look at what Pat, uh, Patrick Ryan has and Andrew McKenna has because they also have a couple of young guys in their family too that can you know bring a like a football landscape from a ownership perspective, because I think this bears team and the ownership, they seem to be stuck in 85. So, I mean, you know, you gotta be able to, you know, put together talent these days and just try to win. I mean, we just saw a team that didn't make, make the playoffs for 12 years straight, won a Super Bowl. So bears got to take notes, man. They got to take notes. So I know Adam Schefter tweeted this like twice, but I think he tweeted it sometime last week. He's like, hey, the Bears, Schefter a rap sheet, right? One of them tweeted about how the Bears are receiving calls for Anthony Miller. So let me ask you guys this. What's one trade destination right now for you guys for Anthony Miller? And go ahead, AJ. Uh, For me, um, you know, I think he could be used really well, like, with a good coaching program. I mean, like, you know, I mean, everyone's been saying New England, but like, you know, I think, like, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, hey, I mean, they need a wide receiver, right? I mean, Anthony Miller could uh, could go over there and help Joe Burrow out. I mean, all this buzz about, you know, Joe Burrow saying that he wants um, Jamar Chase out of LSU. I mean, I'm going to say right now, Anthony Miller is no Jamar Chase, obviously, right? But, you know, my buddy Luke says it all the time. I mean, if you want to pr- protect your franchise quarterback, go out and get one of the best generational offensive tackles and that's Panice Sewell or Sean Slater but like it really seems like Joe Burrow is convincing them to go Jamar Chase that's a different team but like you know hey pick up the phone call call Zach Taylor call the GM whoever's the GM over there in Cincinnati and just flip them like see if you can get a fourth round pick out of that and if you can that's a void that we have in our draft picks and you can fill that with Anthony Miller being traded um I think for me um it's Baltimore whenever I think of an Anthony Miller trade. Um, I, I think that in all honesty, he would be a really nice weapon for Lamar Jackson, who just got Sammy Watkins, but I, I just don't really believe in their wide receiver room. Um, and obviously I think that Miller can feel the day three pick, maybe potentially even a fourth round pick. But let me tell you this, like, I, I think there was a rumor going around and, and I don't know how much likes this has, but 
Miller and a pick for an Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, that would be that would be the move. I mean, I would I would shake Ryan Pace's hand. I'd drive to his house and shake his hand because now you're looking at a situation where the Bears still have their first round pick. They get a starting le- left tackle in Brown. You probably are going to have to move on from Leno Jr. Um, just because I don't think you can pay both those guys. But hey, listen, I, I think that would be an interesting trade there. If at nothing else. I think Baltimore is still in the wide receiver market. I imagine that if they don't trade for a wide receiver, they're going to draft one early. And I think you can get something out of Miller with Baltimore. And I think getting a fourth or fifth round pick from them, I can see those sides ha- uh, making moves. I also like to uh, I like to say that Matthew Miller is going to get traded there to piss off Jacob Bogle, a uh, friend on Twitter, big Ravens guy. Shout out Jake. Uh, he doesn't like when I tweet about that, but that's why I'm also bringing them up as well. But in all honesty, I think Baltimore is a legitimate trade destination. Um, Cincinnati was one I didn't even think of, AJ, but I liked your reasoning there. Um, and obviously, I think New England will always be looking for a wide receiver, yeah. especially since I consider I think they're probably going to deal Nikhil Harry. Um, but who knows? I, I think those are three teams that are all logistically possible. See, I would throw this team out there and – just because I know that they're drafting a young quarterback this year. But I would say the New York Jets because you look at it. Yeah, they drafted Denzel Mims last year. But ultimately, like this league has shown you can never have too many quarter or too many wide receivers for your young quarterback. And this is like if you're the Jets, right? Like this is a perfect situation for you because you have a lot of draft capital between 2021 and 2022. You have a couple mid-round picks as well, a couple day two, a couple day three. And then you have a guy like Anthony Miller that's going into a contract year. So it's just like, what are you really losing? And then on top of that, whatever day three pick you do trade for him, because you're draft again, you're drafting Zach Wilson, like whatever day three pick you trade for him, what are you really losing if he doesn't pan out? Because can you really guarantee that like any of those four, fifth or sixth round guys that you would have taken a wide receiver with that any of them are going to be like as good or as NFL ready as Anthony Miller and Ultimately, that's the situation. I think you look at the Jets. They're just the franchise that, like, they've been at the bottom. They've been NFL bottom feeders for, like, the longest time, right, aside from the Browns. But ultimately, you also have to add this into the fact that it's, like, they're at a point where they finally hit on the right head coach. They have the right general manager as well in Joe Douglas, who Joe Douglas worked under Ryan Pace for a year in 2015. So, you know what? Go out and make a play for Anthony Miller. And I think Anthony Miller, New York does seem like the perfect place because Robert Saleh is building the right culture there that is going to be needed to get Anthony Miller's career back on track. I like that you said. I really like that. And I also like Sam's idea there to send him to Baltimore for Orlando Brown. I mean, I love it. I mean, like, I was like playing with the OTC cap here on the Bears and like, you know, just like, you know, just looking at ta- Charles Leonard's, uh, Leno Jr.'s contract. And like, it really seems like the Bears, they can get out of this contract this year and save some money this year. I think like the calculator says, like, it was before 1.4 million. And if you do cut, like Charles Lund, this is all on the calculator. I don't know how the math works in the real NFL team and in the office. It moves up to six and a half million. And then the future moves up to three and a half million to 63 million. So, I mean, if they go out and get that guy, Orlando Brown, I think they're going to have to remove um, Charles Lund. I think, I, I think like if you end up getting Orlando Brown Jr., I think he is your preemptive starter at a left tackle. Because you just paid your man to fed and you're not going to cut him because that is a highly incentive contract. Um, so if they end up like Sam, like you like you mentioned for Orlando Brown and a couple and a pick and Anthony Miller, you send that to Baltimore. I think Leno would be cut um, when it come when it comes down to training training camp. If you want to take a step further, if you're not getting Russell Wilson, I think Jimmy Graham's gone. Um, and I think if you draft Akeem Hicks's uh, replacement, he's gone. And I think they're going to try to move Nick Foles. So if you do all of that, the Bears are going to be okay financially. I think they're just waiting to see what they want to do. Do they want to go get a a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson? Do they want to draft one? Or do they not just want to draft one altogether and just get some talent and realize that they don't have time to win right now? Just get your talent and keep moving. I think I'm going to lean towards option three. I don't want to give up much. But like Rob said, if, if Justin Fields is there at seven or eight, great. But going back to the whole thing, I think, Sam, like I said earlier, I'm going to repeat it. If you get Orlando Brown, Leno's gone. And you said, um, I really like that idea, too, for your team. But, like, either way, you got to move Anthony Miller. Like, you know, that thing that you saw in the playoff game, that's not what the Bears stand for. All right? That man, like, I realized the fight on the field was wrong, right? But you cannot let the same guy get into your fucking head, all right? That's what my head coach told me 
when I was playing football. We played we played twice against the uh, away and home game, right? Like twice, right? And this other cornerback was just messing with my head and stuff from the sideline and stuff. And I'm like I'm like yelling, and the coach grabs me by my by my collar and says, "You can't say that. Go sit down on the bench, right?" That's what Matt Nagy should have done. He should have yanked him out of the game and just sat him down on the bench. But what happened is he pulls him over to him, and then on the sideline he's throwing a tantrum. Now, what do you think our owner on the on the radio is going to say? Well, Anthony Miller is this and that and stuff. Because I think both of them shouldn't be on this team. Anthony Miller and fucking Javon Williams shouldn't be on this fucking team. I don't know why they're still on this fucking team. I don't get it. I really I'll tell don't. you why, dude. I'll tell you why. Because he, so here's the thing, right? Well, first things first, a lot of Bears fans, you know, because I said that Anthony Miller was, and I actually liked Anthony Miller up to like. I did too. I parts did too. of 2019, just in the sense that I labeled him a breakout candidate. Yeah. But you ultimately look at it like the dude just his head's not on straight. And I get Bears fans want to be like, it's the quarterback this, it's the quarterback that. But like at the end of the day, man, like it's not the quarterback's responsibility to make sure Anthony Miller runs like a 14 yard route or yeah, I remember a that. 16 yard route, you know, like the LA Rams game. And when the mm-hmm. head coach is calling you out publicly in press conferences, that basically just means, and mentioning your name, by the way, publicly, that basically just means, you know what, you're probably on your way out. And so it's just mm-hmm. like for the Bears, they should have traded Anthony Miller last offseason. They gave him another year. And now it's like you're trying to trade him this offseason, but it's still too late because you're basically maybe trading him for like scraps at this point. Or you're yeah. going to keep him around, make him a training camp cut, and then just completely lose him altogether. And then some team's going to pick him up and he's going to completely take off. And the reason is going to be is because it's the most bearish thing ever. So mm-hmm. ultimately, it's just like when you look at this, the Bears, right, dude? It's just like we suck. I hate this team so much, even though I cover them. All right. But it's a little thing now that we're going to be doing weekly, right? But let's get into AJ's skits, man. Well, I mean, let me think of something. All right. So. All right, let me just talk about this, the Anthony Miller trade. All right, this is George McCaskey and Ted Phillips in the uh, Skyline Suites just talking about it during the game um, in 2020. Well, George, um, you see that temper tantrum out there, number 17? No, I mean, we should get rid of him. I mean, that's that, that's not the Chicago Bears culture. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah, Ted. I mean, like, you know, I'm going to go on the WBBM news radio tomorrow. I mean, I'm going to talk about this, you know, obviously – that's a good idea, George. You should do that. You know, obviously we can get a third or fourth round pick out of this guy. We should do it immediately. We should do it immediately. Then and George goes on WBBM radio. I don't know if he did actually. I can't remember if he did. But, you know, I I guess one of the people did and was like, oh, Anthony Miller did this, Anthony Miller did that. And then he comes back to Hallisaw and he's like, Well, Ted, I did that radio thing. All right. Now, what do you think that we can get out of Anthony Miller? Well, George, you got to tell your stooge, Ryan Pace, to trade him because I don't want a cancerous wide receiver on my team. You know, I'm the CFO. The only thing I do is deal with money and sit and hold Ryan Pace's hand when he's drafting the quarterback. That's all I do because at the end of the day, I got to I got to spend the money on the quarterbacks and stuff because that you, that's what you pay me the big bucks for, right? I'm the financial, I'm the finance manager. You're the CEO. You got to tell your puppet to choose a person that we can afford. Not the guy that he wants, that we can afford. That's the Chicago Bears way. But certainly, your dad, your um, your um, your father-in-law wouldn't have wanted this. Can't, wait, no, wait, sorry, no, your grandfather wouldn't have wanted this. I think if your grandfather was alive, he would come down from heaven and smack the shit out of you if he saw this team like this. The end. <laughs> Those are always a couple fun little skits to do. I know, obviously. Me and Sam just like can't keep a straight face because those depictions are dead on accurate. I gotta hold his hand while he's picking a quarterback set me. (laughs) Because honestly, guys, I think that's what's happening. All right? Because, anyways. (laughs) See, it's. Here's the thing, though, right, is it's gotten so bad that I have to get into the group chat and be like, have I said fuck this team yet every single day? Like, I dip into the group chat, and then I walk out. I'm like, did I say it yet? And then if not, then they're like, nope. And then I say it, and then I dip back out to, like, go to office hours or something. Like, that's pretty much a daily message you can expect in our group chat. But here's the deal, right? We know that the Bears are having group chats this week because they're finalizing their draft board. According to um, 
some stuff that I see floating out on Twitter and may even get through the uh, pipeline, right? But guys, we're going to get out of here for this week, all right? So follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Usaid Kosho. Follow AJ on Twitter at AJDesai4. Follow Sam on Twitter at SJSteve9. We've got two more episodes to go before the NFL draft. Look, follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Barely underscore pod. All right, check out Audacia Sports, guys. I just got these great um, stickers. This Allen Robinson one, I swear to God, looks dead on accurate. I got some shipping over to Sam's house as well. But seriously, check out our friends over at Audacia Sports. And then, hey, mark your calendars for Monday, May 3rd. We've got a big announcement coming your way, which is going to be pretty cool for the podcast. I see Sam and AJ are super excited. But, guys, we're going to get out of here. Have a great rest of your week. And, yo, bear down as always. Fuck this team. Fuck this team. (laughs)